Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It wasn't Dan and Shay. <laughs> Is this a song about the 7 o'clock hour yesterday? Yes. <laughs> I have to give you a little background. So every day Beth comes in, we start talking, and somewhere in the conversation she goes, oh, 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 here's my song. Yeah. Well, today you gave me the song, and then we started talking again, and I forgot to go find the song, and literally, like, 15 seconds to go, I'm, I'm typing it in, and I keep I keep fat-fingering it, like, I, I, a durl and a deli. A durl. And, 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 and del, like, del curry. Delis. I mean, it's like, literally, it's like, you know, in uh, Christmas Vacation, where Clark goes to the back, and he's, he's about to... Bring the lights together. And, and he can't get the cords she, to touch. And she goes back and she hits the, the switch right when it clicks. Yeah. You see the sparks. <laughs> like, when we came out of that, that bumper, that breaker right there, there was no time to lose. Do you know what's remarkable? And this is how good you are at this. Well, I'm lucky is what I am. You picked the song up right where my brain picked it up this morning when I woke up. The let me photograph you. <laughs> I, I don't know, know why I sing every day. I really shouldn't sing. Very dramatic for you today, too. <laughs> well, Very and I, dramatic I always, uh, now that we kind of know not only that you wake up with the song, but sort of what's going on around you when that happens. I know. You know, so I think about your dogs. I think about Craig. <laughs> and every day, the type of song, I kind of think about what the reaction must be. Like, that one must have woke he, he had to have woken up because of that one. Or the dogs are, like, howling because you're doing Adele, right? Yeah. You know. and you know what's so funny is my little dog, the little six-pounder, she does howl. Yeah. If I sing at a certain octave, she tries to pitch match me. And we were doing that outside in the yard today because it was such a pretty morning. So I was like, let me photograph. And it's, she... it's like Cassandra in Wayne's World. She really wails. Isn't this just such a, this is like a, it just hits you in your heart. Like if you ran into like All up your, in your feels. Yeah, because it, it's kind of this song about running into your first love. Like, I didn't know you were going to be at the party. And but the Muppets are swaying. The- <laughs> she looks over Craig's down to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Craig is in on the joke that we've made him into this fictional character that doesn't really exist from a TV sitcom where Craig just is in the opening with his name Craig and he's kind of looking up at the sky with his arms folded going, that bath. <laughs> Starring the Chihuahuas. That's exactly right. He can't possibly, he can't possibly end up being what we say he is. No. <laughs> well, you, I mean, <laughs> at the Christmas party, you and Craig actually sat down and had an extensive conversation, Bo. Jim, you weren't at the party. So I have less your... <laughs> than a minute of interaction in real life. It was almost a year ago now because it's the 100th yeah. with Craig. So I've created this whole fictional character. <laughs> And, and let me stipulate when I say he can't possibly be what we say he is. That's not that's not a bad thing. It's like no. you can't possibly be the exaggerated, over the top version of what we've made you. Right. Uh, which is actually in the other direction. Like we've we've almost made him be like this person who's like, hi, I'm Beth. 
Um, <laughs> I, 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 but I'm when we, we we did talk at the at the uh, I, I, there was this thing going on with me like wow you are you are nothing like the character we've decided that you are. <laughs> <laughs> See, my extended version of him is he is simply a person that. Uh, Tolerates us because we're Beth's co-workers. Otherwise, yes. wouldn't speak to us. But knows because Beth works with us that he has to at least interact with us, even though he doesn't. Doesn't make any sense. Or you're you're the, you're the guys that uh, that uh, are part of these segments that she ends up being in, like yesterday in the seven o'clock hour. Yes, which he went back and listened to and uh, got a a huge kick out of the uh, seven o'clock hour yesterday because a. He's obsessed with uh, our, you know, name that Jason contest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's obsessed with trying to figure out what Jasons you're playing or whatever, what, whatever the name of the so character. So difficult. Is. And then yesterday he just <laughs> went back and listened, and then also caught on to the uh, the misspeak moment. He was like, "How how many times in your life can you accidentally say things that are inappropriate?" <laughs> and I was like, I "As don't he know. pulls his arm and looks skyward, he goes, oh, here it goes oh, again. There she goes. That's Lucy <laughs> now." Oh my gosh! It's like Ricky Ricardo and Lucille Ball. <laughs> Bethy. I mean, we have how many stations do we have in this building? I've lost count now. I know, like six. It used to be easy because oh, there were three, five and a half, or even back in the day there were two, <laughs> but now there are multiple, and so we have different employees that are coming through. Well, there's a guy named Eric, Eric Kelly, mm-hmm. who uh, does a lot of things for a lot of the different stations, and he walks by our studio every day. Well, if you were listening to the segment yesterday that we're speaking of in the seven o'clock hour. Um, where Beth, uh, it was in the middle of the Jason contest. Yeah. If you were, if you know what we're talking about, he was in here, and he has a very now I know this a very distinctive laugh. Yes, <laughs> and it's infectious because it is so distinctive, and he's just he's been hired as our chuckle guy slash hype man. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and, he, and, and he doesn't have to be in the room. Like you can say something funny, and he can be down at like station number seven, and we can hear him from there. Yeah. Nick, the soundproofing is really not that good in the hallway. No. Found out. I mean, John Moore. John Moore's got one of my favorite laughs. One of the reasons why I love John Moore's laugh. <laughs> no, wait a minute, Beavis. I didn't, I didn't say David from Asheville. Oh. Um, but the thing I love about John's laugh is if I hear John's laugh, then I know it's funny. You know something's you know really funny. Like uh, there are moments when we do things, and if I hear John laugh, I'm like, okay, okay, we hit the right mark. Or he's had two buzz balls. That's well, exactly right. And I think yesterday, John Moore, both you, can be good. <laughs> you were the first one who broke. You were the first oh, one after yeah. it came out. After I said what I said, I think you were the first one to start the giggle, <laughs> and then everybody else piled. Usually, on. I try to just look away in those moments because <laughs> I know I'm going to get really loud and laugh. If, that was um, funny. It's like Beth works with like three 14 year old boys. And if you're out there wondering what it was, you can go to yesterday's podcast. At the 45 16 mark or 45 minutes and 16 seconds into yesterday's podcast begins the uh, moment of just spiral into downward. Downward. But Mm. I sent you a note. (laughs) I, I sent you a note yesterday, a text, and I said, seriously. Hour number one, we're talking about the legacy of Billy Graham, mm-hmm. five years out. Mm-hmm. Hour number two, this moment you just spoke of that you can go back and find on the podcast mm-hmm. if you so choose. Uh-huh. And then the third hour, we're talking to Aaron Santos for an hour. What other show anywhere is making that pivot? That's absolutely right. Every day, uh, you never know what we're going to do, and that's why we love it. I- I'm being uh, completely honest here. That's I've been doing this for a long time. The place that we are with the show right now and the things that we do in the, the, the corners that we turn... Every day is an adventure in the best possible way. It's so. like uh, it's like those books we used to read in middle school. Like, pick your own adventure. You don't know how it's going to turn out. We laughed, so. we cried, we saved some lives. We did, okay. yeah. Just another day. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. What did I say? 
make yeah. What she does, she makes her own. I, I make she doesn't wait for the options. She just creates her own options. <laughs> I, I read the whole Choose Your Own Adventure catalog. I, I've, I've still got some in my closet Do you know somewhere. what's weird? I tried at the book fairs. Those books confused me. Like I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's because it's because they're below you. <laughs> Seriously. They are about as a, a simple concept as you get. Basically, they're made for me because I get to the end of something and I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Well, you can go this way or that way. Oh, okay. Look, a deer. That's essentially what reading those are. <laughs> I read them nightly. 613 on WBT. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth on a Wednesday morning. We go to the WBT hotline and welcome our longtime cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, the founder of Fortalist Solutions. You can follow her on Twitter at Tracker Payton. Good morning. Good morning, Bo and Beth. I hope you're both doing well today. We're doing great. We're so glad to talk to you. We have a lot of tech headlines to get to. Yeah, and um, this week I can really just start by reading the... Um, Reading the subject line of the latest email, actually two of them, but I'll start with the first one. When Teresa sends you an email and it says, oh my, this is bad, in all capital letters. Well, what exactly does that mean, Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is bad. Um, so we just learned that a U.S. Department of Defense server was left exposed for two weeks. They, uh, you know, Obviously, the investigation is ongoing. They have closed the issue, um, so so it's not exposed anymore. Um, their initial investigation said that they don't believe anybody took advantage of this server being exposed to the Internet. It was a misconfiguration on their cloud side. But here's what was exposed. Completed SF86 questionnaires. So just unpacking what that means um, for anybody who works in the government, myself at the White House, you have to fill out this SF86 questionnaire. It is very detailed. In the wrong hands, somebody could do a complete and total walk-in on your life. In the wrong hands, people could potentially be blackmailed. So obviously more to come here. Again, they are saying that uh, there was no classified data on the servers, and it doesn't appear that the data was accessed, but this is serious. Wow. That's terrifying. I'm uh, I'm glad that they're at least getting it uh, in order a little bit. The the big headline that I wanted to ask you about that I kind of wish you had been in on these oral arguments because it sounds like our Supreme Court justices could have used your knowledge. Um, the, the, the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments yesterday in Gonzalez versus Google. Now, this is all about Section 230 of um, basically an Internet bill that was created in 1996. And I was reading through some of these transcripts and it sounded like the Supreme Court justices didn't even quite understand um, the technology behind the algorithms. This one specifically is about the algorithms on YouTube and the potential for things like terrorist-style videos to end up in the the hands of users because the algorithm puts them there. But talk to us about the breakdown of this bill and what, or the breakdown of this case and what this could mean for the future of the internet and whether or not this opens. Um, technology firms up to lawsuits if the Supreme Court votes in a certain way? Yeah, so I, I think what's important is everybody has to kind of go back in time when they think about why Section 230 was created. So it's a provision of the 1996 Communications Decency Act, and it prevents Internet companies, this can be social media, can be big tech, uh, Google, Meta, 
Um, it, it protects them from being held liable for content posted by third parties. Now, let's all just go back for a moment in time for those of us who were alive then. And for you young people, here's a little history lesson. In 1996, we didn't have Meta. We didn't have Facebook. In 1996, it was mostly website forums where people were posting commentary. Mm -hmm. And so this, this provision was saying, I can't be responsible for everybody who posts on a blog uh, some commentary. Fast forward to today, we now have algorithms that when you post something or like something, Beth and Bo, it, the algorithm says, oh, I need to serve them up more of what they just posted and what they just liked so they stay on my platform longer and I can serve up ads and I can make money off of that. So that's the part that needs to, I think, it's like a little history lesson needs to happen um, for the Supreme Court. And then every time they talk about whether or not uh, big tech needs to be held accountable for what happened, um, and again, what the arguments of the Gonzalez family is that the Internet was serving up hate speech, which led to the 2015 ISIS attack in Paris in which they lost their son. So uh, we, we need to almost have like a picture of a timeline, explain what technology was available, what wasn't, and then hold big tech accountable under that timeline. Decision will not come out until July, so we've got plenty of time uh, for that to be introduced into the oral argument. Well, I said uh, I got a couple of emails from you with very interesting subject lines. Here's the second one I got from you. In fact, it's the most recent one right before we went on the air. It says, looks like criminals are being laid off, which is talking about uh, hackers reportedly uh, being axed by organized crime groups. Yes. Yeah, so as companies do a better job protecting themselves, um, as well as in, you know, reaching out to the FBI for assistance to prevent ransomware attacks from happening or to recover from a ransomware attack, it is truly impacting cyber criminal syndicates who are doing these ransomware attacks. So reports from the Wall Street Journal say that the ransomware group Conti, C-O-N-T-I, actually laid off 45 call center operators who were part of their cyber criminal scheme. Um, so it really does make a difference. We're hitting the cyber criminals right in the pocketbook, and people are losing their jobs in the cyber criminal syndicates as a result. One more question for you. TikTok has been at the top of everyone's minds for quite some time. Josh Hawley, you know, saying that, that certain social media shouldn't be allowed for people until they're, for young people until they're 16 years old. But Here's some new stories, and I don't know that there's been enough discussion about this, but TikTok is a venue for child sexual exploitation. This is another, just another level of why parents need to be very aware of what's going on on their kids' phones. Yes, and TikTok is one of many platforms that child um, exploitation uh, criminals are hanging out on, again, because of the way the algorithms work. Um, if somebody is a child um, sexual predator, they're getting served up more of the information that they're looking for, but they're also using it to reach out to young people, pretending to be a young person, befriending them, and then sort of entrapping them into the sexual exploitation scheme. So again, parents have open conversations with your children about the dangers of the internet, be where they are. If they're on TikTok, guess what? You need an account on TikTok. You really need to understand how this is working. You need to um, be friends with them so you can see what types of things that they are being served up and just have those open conversations. That's going to be the best 
prevention that's out there. Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert. Follow her on Twitter, at Tracker Payton. Always good to talk to you. And a lot of information there, news you can use. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Beth and Bo. Be safe out there. News Talk 1110 WBT. I don't know if that was her phone or our phone. It sounds like uh, one of us was trying to cue up a vinyl record. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. It sounded like we recorded that on vinyl. <laughs> well, maybe we did. <laughs> All right, back to, or maybe it's Memorex. <laughs> All right, this was announced yesterday, shortly after we were done. You got plans on August 11th? I do. Do you? <laughs> well, that's good, because the concert is not August 11th in Charlotte. That's when the concert starts, the concert series, the leg of the U.S. The U.S. leg begins for Guns N' Roses this summer, and then August 29th, they'll make a stop at Spectrum Center. You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die! <laughs> Live Nation says pre-sale tickets will go on, uh, will go, be available to the public. I don't know if uh, for Beth it'll be the actual physical box office itself. I'm walking to the box office, and there better be somebody in there. 10 a.m. on March What's in the box office? (laughs) General tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on March 3rd. And so uh, Axel and company coming back to Charlotte. This time they'll be inside at Spectrum Center coming up on August 29th as part of the uh, the U.S. leg of the tour. Name that Axel. That would be fun. What what I was thinking we should do, name that flower. Instead of the <laughs> instead of the rose, is that a begonia? <laughs> Describe the flower to our <laughs> listeners. See if they can name it. Smell this flower over the uh, speakers. <laughs> yes. So that is uh, coming up on August 29th. Now, yesterday at Bank of America Stadium uh, was the first time Frank Reich, uh, first time Frank Reich had uh, held a press conference since his introductory press conference. So this is the first time that Frank Reich uh, had a chance to sit down and talk to the media about the staff that he has assembled and he's been busy Uh, he's really been busy and it's a really really interesting staff top to bottom Uh, this is what he said out of the gate great support and encouragement from mr tepper from scott fitter Um, it's been pretty dynamic Um, you know mr tepper's been outstanding you know made it very clear that this is my decision but there's been constant communication with he and scott um, on every coach on every position vetting it out in every way so it's been really dynamic and really fun Uh, Really excited about the coordinators, all the coaches, but really excited about all three coordinators who have great leadership, uh, men of high character, men of the highest competency um, that you can have, and then uh, men who I think can lead and connect with our players uh, to bring out the best in them. So, Jim Zoki, you were there yesterday, uh, saw this news conference. What were your impressions? Same I've had all along. I mean, (laughs) it's like you know what you're getting in Frank Reich, just a solid veteran winning uh, coach who's surrounding himself with a good staff of people with a diversity of uh, experiences like Jim Caldwell also spoke yesterday. And uh, today, Ajero Averro, who's the defensive coordinator, will speak, and Dom Capers will speak today. Uh, and then they'll do a third round coming up on, on Thursday. Um, but but beyond that, also young, kind of rising guys like Josh McCown, mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback's coach who played 17 years in the league. He was asked about him and some others as well who are kind of new to uh, being at this level of coaching and so forth. But, uh, I mean, it's just such a really smart, experienced group of people. You just feel like you're in capable hands. So, uh, as he said, though, in the press conference yesterday, 80 to 90 percent of it is the players. They would say it's the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, Beth. Oh, you can use that if you want. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. The Jims I like and it because Joes. my name's in that, Jimmys and Joes. So, so Dom Capers is going to speak today. Dom will be I one of the two speakers today. I love his name. Today. Boy, that's oh. going to be surreal, though, isn't it? 
to kind of hear him back in that stadium speaking. 1995. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's not coached here since the 90s. It was 95 to 98 seasons there. But um, but uh, to finish that thought, uh, 10 to 20% then is the coaching part. And he said there's so many, and this is true with the Panthers, especially last year, so many one-possession games. And that's where he said, you know, that's where good coaching can really make the difference yeah. and get three, four more wins of winning those close games instead of losing them. So uh, it is collaborative. So while it is mostly the players, you know, having coaches like that, He's referring to all of them, not just himself. Uh, really can uh, put you over the top to have a winning record. So now all we need is a quarterback. That seems to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you know, ever since just Cam. The guy that ever since Cam, we're trying to figure out quarterback. Details, details. WBT, where business talks. Presented by Ram Pavement. We have breaking coffee and Coke news. A cola news coming yes. up here in a moment. But first, yes, let's roll back to the market close yesterday. Stocks down 2% as investors mull disappointing earnings and rate hike worries. In the spotlight, earnings from Walmart and Home Depot, the nation's biggest retailer, reporting strong results but guiding lower on earnings for the year, while Home Depot missed revenue estimates and posted disappointing comp store sales. Meanwhile, geopolitical tensions added to negative market sentiment as China's Xi set to meet with Putin in Moscow in coming months, and Putin suspending a nuclear arms treaty between the U.S. and Russia. Meanwhile, existing home sales in January falling to their lowest level in 12 years. In New York, Jerry Willis, Fox News. Free markets this morning, Dow futures down 47, S&P futures down 8, and NASDAQ futures down 25. We are not in front of 7 o'clock here on WBT. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour today, the return, second straight day of the game show that's sweeping the nation. That's yeah. right. Name that Jason. Do we, um, are we going to activate the dump button today just in case? We'll be, uh, I'm giving John, I'm saying this now so John has some, some uh, warning. Yeah. Have, we ever used, have we ever used the dump button on the show? I don't yes. recall ever. I've never hit the dump button, have you? Wait, uh, the dump three. button, by the way, is a seven-second delay. Wait, wait. Uh, I think you should rephr- rephrase that. Have we ever used the dump button on the show to dump one of our hosts? Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever? I mean, have you ever had to do that? Uh, John Moore's the one to ask that question. Over the past 20 years, I've had to do it a half a dozen times. But not oh. on this show, have you? Oh... Uh... No, wait a minute. One time on this show. But wait a minute. When you say half a dozen, you're talking about period or for hosts? Well, for hosts, only... Three times. <laughs> oh, okay. So now it's to, happened to. to, to did you do it twice in one segment with that one host <laughs> in the afternoon? No. <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> to rephrase the question from Jim, the three times that you've done it, have those have those all been? Have any of those been us? Uh, one of them was a was a uh, was a piece of audio that was being played mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. had an unexpected I'm, word. In I'm it. leading him down a certain road. <laughs> That's oh. the only one that I know of. I played well, I played a clip one time uh, <laughs> that I didn't realize said yeah. something that it said. But your question is, have you had to actually bleep one of us for saying no, something? No, yeah. no, no, no. But I don't. Re- I must not have been in the room when you did what you're talking no. about because I don't recall that. <laughs> Why am I talking secret? Like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. The secret audio that you dumped, I have no clue about. I'll I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Because John bleeped it. But I I have been watching this movie for years and years. And it did not occur to me till we were on the air. Remember that that clip from uh, European Base? Or alive. Yes. This been around for a long... Well, yes. And I looked over at John Moore and went, oh, my God. and 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 he got it. So oh, Clark, you're so good. Clark Griswold almost got me, but mm. uh, John Moore saved me. 
I'm surprised that my wake-up songs haven't gotten I was going to say, yet. sometimes you're rap ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I wake up rapping every now and again. <laughs> but back to our original point. Uh, John, John is going to be at the ready for the 8 o'clock hour today, given yeah. the way the 7 o'clock hour went yesterday. And as I am prone to say, if you don't know what I mean, there's always the podcast. And you should listen. But uh, if you're wondering why we're naming that Jason... Uh, we are naming that Jason because Jason Aldean is coming to PNC Music Pavilion on Thursday, August 10th, and we have tickets to give away a pair in the 8 o'clock hour today if you can name two correct Jasons that aren't Aldean. Mm-hmm. We had some fun with this yesterday, to say the least. And I'll leave it at there, and uh, just past the 8 o'clock news, we'll recommence. But I want to I wanna get to a couple of stories here. We have breaking coffee news. We have breaking Coca-Cola news. Yeah, well, the breaking coffee news, I'm just, I'm a little confused by it, and maybe somebody can set me straight. I don't know that anyone asked for this, but Starbucks is going to make it for us. Starbucks debuts a new line of olive oil-infused coffees. It's called the Ola... Ola- I don't have my glasses on. It's called the Oleato line. It includes olive oil infused infused coffee selections, and it's supposed to taste great. Starbucks has pioneered a number of coffee trends, including the infamous pumpkin spice latte, and it has engineered almost any type of frappuccino imaginable. And now the company is set to push the limits of coffee once again with its new Oleato coffee line, a coffee infused with cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil. And it's... I don't know. Is it supposed to add good fat to your diet? I I, I know that I add oil, to, like olive oil, when I'm making soups. So to like to if I'm pureeing a tomato soup and I'll infuse a little olive oil in there for texture. Is it a texture thing? Is it a? I like olive oil. I just don't understand the coffee part. Exactly. I don't and understand the come here. I've have, never heard of providing any kind of oil in coffee. Have some coffee soup. Right. Well, I'm thinking about the because the pictures of these coffees, you know, they're they're iced versions, and you know, oil and water don't mix. So I'm thinking about like. Lumpy ice cubes floating on a pool of oil in a delightful <laughs> yeah. coffee. You know, <laughs> that doesn't seem appetizing. It. But the CEO, who in, in, in actually is on his way out, says... Enjoy the rest is... of your day here at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> he says this is going to be an amazing game changer. He believes this is going to be a game changer for for Starbucks. They are only launching it right now in Italy first, which, of course, makes sense because, you know, they love olive oil because a lot of olive oil comes from Italy. But... It is then going to make its way across the pond to United States coffee houses. It, 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 I, I I've just, never heard of anyone grabbing the olive oil out of the pantry and going, I'm going to put a drop of this instead of milk in my Well, you know, they, they have butter coffee. I think it's the same person who said, hey, let's have a cauliflower sandwich. <laughs> hey, now that's delicious. <laughs> they're not using just any olive oil. Again, because they're starting it in Italy, they're using a Sicilian olive oil. Um, which was a, it's a curated blend of olives from places I can't pronounce in Italy. Uh, are they in Italian? <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> it is. It is natural juices and berries. But it. I. I, I just want to know. Like, is this a thing that we wanted? Did Did somebody say we want this? And then olive oil. Uh, then olive oil. Then uh, Starbucks said, "Well, we will come to your rescue." <laughs> it's going to have an olive oil foam. It tastes Ooh. creamy and decadent. Olive oil ice cream, which they said that they want people are going to want to lick from their cups. And they're going to have an ice shaken olive oil espresso martini with oat milk and olive oil. I, it's, it's just a lot, a lot of stuff in it. So I'm trying to I mean, figure I just out. think like when you go through Starbucks and they have like, you know, the skim milk and the half and half and oat milk. And then there's like, I've never seen a jug of olive oil <laughs> as an option when you get to that part. Right. When, I, when I started this segment... I didn't drink coffee. 
When I ended this segment, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> and rolling on a Wednesday morning. Last segment, we're talking about a new kind of coffee coming to Starbucks, or sort of. Coming to Starbucks in Italy first, the Oleato line of coffee drinks. Olive oil infused coffee that I don't think anyone asked for, but we're going to get. Is that how it's pronounced? Oleato. It's like, <laughs> that sounds like those potato chips that made everyone go to the bathroom. The Olestra. Olestra <laughs> potato chips. That made it, you have like. This might be the same trick. Ab- abdominal cramping. Yeah, remember that? They it's like you have to hold the note. Though. You have to hold the note at the end. Oleato <laughs> coffee. Or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found I found it because I've been wondering about this. Like, what was the actual point? So one of the creators, uh, a, a lady who is one of the developers, beverage developers for Starbucks, her name is Amy Dilliger. She said, when creating the beverage, we were inspired by the rich history and origin stories of coffee and olive oil, two of nature's most transcendent ingredients. I don't know why I'm reading in this voice. <laughs> Whether you this enjoy, is your AI voice again. Yeah, this is my this is my a, this is my coffee developer voice. Whether you enjoy oleato hot or cold, now get intense with it. You get this really luxurious textural experience. That's is that what a this word? is all about. Bing drinks olive oil coffee. Yeah, well, it's it's a healthy fat. It's a healthy fat, so you're getting some healthy fat. Throw some avocado slices in your coffee too. Well, there's already butter coffee, and Eric Barlow, our favorite, um, our favorite listener, who always Cliff Clavin. He let's be honest, he's Jeeves. He is Jeeves. He's He's like the internet. Maybe Cliff Clavin meets Jeeves. Maybe Eric Barlow is uh, is AI. Um, he says that this is kind of like the 10-year-ago trend of bulletproof coffee, which was you put a stick of butter in your coffee, and it was supposed to keep you full because of the fats in the butter. But this is supposed to be a texture thing. And uh, so Food & Wine magazine did a taste test of this coffee, and they said they were both surprised and delighted by how well the two flavors complemented each other. The olive oil lends a nuttier, more complex flavor to the coffee blend, making it an ideal beverage to sip and savor in the afternoon rather than slugging down just in a moment of morning jolt. Hmm. I got bits of lettuce in my coffee. <laughs> Does that make y'all feel any better? I, I just needed to know what the point was. I don't know. It sounds like they're trying too hard. I feel like trying yeah, to find new things to recreate. To, yeah. There was a thing. I'll try it though. A couple of years ago, <clears throat> I mean, they probably still do it. People are putting, I think, Coke or Pepsi in their red wine and like mixing yeah, soda with just... wine. That seems, again, just trying too hard to make something refreshing and different that doesn't need to be. Yeah, just add sparkling water and have a seltzer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Coke. There is breaking Coca-Cola news I'm today. So are you excited about this, Bo? I am not. This is your wheelhouse. Uh, there's a new drink, Coca-Cola, teaming up with Grammy Award-winning artist Rosalia to release a new limited-edition flavor, Coca-Cola Move. The new beverage, which launches this month, has a similar uh, Coca-Cola taste with, a bold, with bold and delicate flavors. It's supposed to represent a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your mood right now. Well, you know it's what? not a drink. It's an experience. It's all fine and good. I mean, great. Uh, I can't find the one I do like. You guys know. You guys make fun of me, and I understand why. I mean, I would make fun of me, no, too. Go but, another but, employee be made fun of. Well, but I've got, I've got my, my uh, cherry Coke Zero every day. 
Yep. And then I bring yep. my own vanilla. He brings his own vanilla Nobody syrup. makes fun of that, Bo. That's completely normal. I make fun of that, Jim, and I do it. Do you know what's sad is I now, in every store I go into, I check the Coca-Cola aisle for you. And I don't even drink Coke on a regular basis, but I am constantly perusing the Coca-Cola aisle looking for your cherry vanilla Coke Zero. I mean, I'm Zero. one of their greatest customers of all time. You really are, All actually. I want is vanilla Coke Zero to just stay. Oh, it's not cherry vanilla. No. I've been looking for the wrong flavor. Well, no, 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 no. No, hold on, hold on. You're not, you're not wrong, okay. but I've given up on cherry vanilla Coke Zero. So like, I'm looking for vanilla Coke Zero. I, that would be just fine. Okay. Do you you should make one of your boy trips to Atlanta to the Coke factory down there, and you can make any I kind know, of Coke you want. I know, but see, the problem want. is you go in there, and you get it there, and you think, oh, this is great, but you can't get it at the Harris Teeter. I want it at the corner. I don't I mean, look, I love Coke. You all know that. Yo, you drink the buzz balls like John does. <laughs> yeah. I love the Coca-Cola company. I have uh, I have funded them for years. But this idea, I mean, I, I don't need Coca-Cola move. I need vanilla Coke Zero, and I need it consistently. And it keeps disappearing. It keeps going away. Well, okay, maybe maybe we can taste test the Coca-Cola Move, and maybe it will have, because it said it has some delicate notes to it, maybe it will be the delicate notes you desire, Bo. So you realize she always ruins everything no. guy-like. But, It'll have delicate notes in it, Bo. But they've already done two of these. I forgot what they were called. It they, was Dream, Dream, Dream Worlds or worlds. something. Yeah. But it tasted pretty good. But it was go- good. But it's gone. Oh, it's already gone. It's limited. It, they, they bring it, and then they take it away. That's oh, this my one, problem. This one's limited edition, uh, This too. one's not going to be around forever. It's like forever. the McRib. <laughs> yes. I kind of want to taste this one, though, because Coca-Cola move. Like, is it going to make me want to dance? Is it? Does it? Because they say it's a mood. How about, it's Coca-Cola, you moved my cheese. <laughs> Wait, now, is it move or mood? It's move. <laughs> it's move. But when you drink it, it is a mood. See, that's confusing. It should be like it makes you want to move. Otherwise, they should call it mood. I mean, call it what it is. If it creates the mood, why won't they call it move? Well, maybe it's a movement mood. I mean, look, I have a mood already. It's the mood I'm in when I, I don't have the Coke I really want. <laughs> you are in a mood. Well, you're in a bad mood now. I know, I know. All right, when we come back, uh, we, we seem to be talking about food and drink today. We're going to take this one step further. 704-570-1110, and I'll give some context to this, but just on a base level, I think you can sort of imagine where this goes. Have you, would you... Does it intrigue you in this age of subscriptions to streaming services, subscriptions to so many different things, subscribing to a restaurant, food subscriptions? Would you do this? It's and, a thing. And when I tell you what it would involve at various places, like, I don't know, Taco Bell and some other places that I know you frequent, have you ever considered subscribing to a restaurant? I feel like if you subscribe to Taco Bell, it would be a different kind of movement. Say, I've never heard of food. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, at a different well, mood. It, oh. it is the 7 o'clock hour right on Cubeth. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, Jim Zoki, John Moore, Bernie in the house, 704 570 1110. 
Got some questions for you as you're listening to the show today. We've been talking about a lot of food and drink here. Every once in a while, it just happens. And there's there's news to talk about. Uh, olive oil-infused drinks coming to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And you have mood drinks being introduced by Coca-Cola. And I'm here to tell you today that the average American juggles 6.7 subscriptions and this is actually uh, this is up from 4.2 in 2019 and 2022, 6.7 subscriptions, according to Rocket Money, which is a personal finance app. And, you know, this could be your streaming service subscriptions. This could be, I don't know, an old school magazine subscription. How about that? You can still uh, get magazine subscriptions digitally if the magazine still actually prints anymore. But a lot of them don't. But subscriptions aren't going anywhere. They I are still actually, get a magazine. Do you really? Subscription, yeah. Which, Which one? one? Southern Living. We both have Southern it. Living. I just I love the recipes. There's such good recipes in the back. But is it a paper magazine? It's a full. It's you a actually paper get magazine. a paper oh, magazine. I got it yesterday in the mail. I got this month's yesterday in the mail, and it is the happiest day of my life when I get to go and read those recipes. I love it. I flip through the pages, and I love it. I love every second of it. I sit there, and it makes me happy. The the two that I got for so long don't print anymore. Sports Illustrated and uh, Entertainment Weekly. Neither one. They don't make Entertainment Weekly anymore? Entertain- Where have I been? Entertainment Weekly is gone. Sports Illustrated is... Uh, I, I, now, you will you will see special issues in the store sometimes, like, like the when the Braves won, won the... Uh, no, not... Well, yeah, actually, that one probably too. Um, <laughs> That's why you liked it, right? But when the Braves won, there was a commemorative issue. When uh, the, the, the Chiefs just won, there's a Patrick Mahomes version out there. You'll see on newsstands. But Sports Illustrated is monthly now and, and digital for the most part, and Entertainment Weekly is gone. So my point being is uh, I used to like magazines that I could subscribe to, but I can't anymore. TV Guide. (laughs) TV Guide still exists. Does it really? It does. This is what's on Netflix. Uh, (laughs) But what I'm getting at here is what about this? What if you could have a subscription to Taco Bell or a subscription to uh, P.F. Chang's or Pick Your Restaurant? This is where a lot of this is going. Taco Bell is uh, tinkering with its $10 Taco Lover's Pass which lets subscribers get a taco every day for a month. Uh, this was I- introduced apparently uh, about a year ago, and then they, they started it again in October. It generated buzz, but the chain is trying to think of ways to make it more valuable to customers, uh, according to uh, somebody in the know there. I'm trying to find some of these other ones. I mentioned uh, that uh, P.F. Chang's had a version of this, and uh, let's see here. Uh, like P.F. Chang's, theirs is six ninety nine per month, and what their memberships offer are free delivery. So you pay six ninety nine a month and if you I mean that would be that would be price effective. That's cost effective if you really love PF Chang's and you got PF Chang's like twice a week or something and they were delivering it to your house for free. Here's another one. El Lopo, which is a San Francisco bar, has twenty six members and it's Take Care of Me Club. They uh, pay either eighty nine dollars a month uh, for $100 in-dining credits or $175 a month for $200 in credits. When members come in, uh, the, the restaurant starts bringing out their favorite dishes. Each visit, they can get a, a gift and a free drink to anyone in the bar. Oh, that's fun. I'd kind of do, if there were a restaurant that I really, really loved and I, I knew that I could get, you know, 25 bucks off and give a free gift to somebody who's sitting there just for fun, just to like pay it for Hey, how you doing? Just to, <laughs> 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 like that. I'm not hitting on people. Well, you made rest. it sound like it was a stranger. I it is a stranger. But that's weird. But that's pay it forward. Can you imagine how great, do you ever do this? I do this and it's so much fun to do. You pay for somebody's meal in a restaurant. And you don't tell, you tell the server, don't tell them who did it. 
just go pay for their meal and then you watch them get the bill and it's already paid for and you get to see like them be excited. So you've and, done this? Yes. Like, only, re- like recently? Yes. I've only had it paid backwards where people have had that happen twice where someone bought our meal sitting out. One was like during a snowstorm and like this restaurant was like the power was out and some family bought our family's meal, whatever, but I don't think I actually paid that forward. Or you broke the chain. I took it. But it's a thing at drive-thrus. Yes. I've never done it or had it done for me, but I know people who have been sitting in the drive-thru and they'll pay for someone, you know, two cars back or the car behind you. I went to Bojangles on like Christmas Eve morning or something and the whole line, everybody was paying for the person. So I got to the window. Mine had been paid for. So I paid for the person behind me. And <laughs> then the it point? went on and on and on and on like the whole day. Well, what if you just like got like fries and somebody got like. Well, that a happened whole meal. to me because I, I had just gotten a chicken sandwich meal and I paid for like a family bucket, you know, behind me. But family it was fine. Bucket. It, was, <laughs> it was Christmas Eve. It was fine. It was, it was fine. It was the ch- chum bucket. bucket. <laughs> uh, there, that, that's right. That's right. Let me it's buy a, this car behind me a bucket of chum. Wait a minute. A free bucket of chum. <laughs> Anybody else out there ever done that? 704-570-1110. Have you ever bought someone else's? See, I've heard the drive-thru thing, but I've never heard what you said, like being in a restaurant and just picking a table. It is the most fun thing to do. And just you don't tell them. And you you ever, ever, never. You don't ever tell them because it's just between you and God. You just get to watch them be excited because their meal was free. And it is the greatest feeling to watch somebody just be like, what just happened? Because you can change the whole you course know, of their day. You know, if Brett Jensen did this, he'd be like, I did that. That was me. <laughs> All me. My idea. <laughs> now, his is drinks at the bar. <laughs> hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> so he would love this El Lopo subscription where you get to give somebody a gift at the bar. Mm. That's so fun. You get to do that every month if you join the subscription service. You can look at somebody sitting somewhere and you're like, you know what? That person looks like they're having a bad day. So give them a free or drink. Or if you're at the bar and you buy a drink for a hot girl and it doesn't go over well, you go, hey, it's just part of this plan I bought. So I, just, <laughs> I, I had to gift it to somebody. Right. It, I had unused credit. I wasn't I'm really hitting on. I wasn't hitting on you. <laughs> it's my, it's un- my subscription. My unused subscription for the month. <laughs> it's amazing how well we've thought this out. <laughs> yeah, we've already thought of like the dangers of what would go wrong, as opposed to the point of it. Food subscriptions. Do you have one? Or better yet, have you ever been like Beth and randomly paid for somebody else's meal? Their bucket of chum. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's like a grab bag. It's so fun. I recommend. I recommend it to everyone because you feel great. And it makes somebody else feel great. If you have the means. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have to do it at like a at, 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 at Fahrenheit. You know, you can do it at Taco Bell. Does it count if you did it with the people you're sitting with at Snooze? <laughs> <laughs> it made y'all feel good, though, didn't it? So that's kind of, kind of paid for. Oh, you did. That's right, you did. Well, you did it first. <laughs> Let's find out today. <laughs> we hey. Hi. About half an hour away from the uh, game show that's sweeping the nation. Returning to this show for Jason Aldean tickets. Jason Aldean, as we announced yesterday, is coming to Spectrum Center. I'm sorry. That's Guns N' Roses coming to Spectrum Center. Jason's coming to PNC Music Pavilion on August 10th. So GNR on August 29th. And August 10th is Jason Aldean. Today, we're giving away Jason Aldean tickets. I hope we have GNR tickets at some point. That would be fun. Oh, my gosh. And I really think that that... The, the Guns N' Roses night needs to be a team night, a team builder night, where mm-hmm. we all just go listen to Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm with you. We're having team building activities? Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah. In fact, uh, keep talking. I'll just get a little music background here. All right. Coming up at 8.05, name that Jason. 
Well, that's yeah. confusing. Because a pair of tickets. Not Jason. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you... Okay, hang on. This is why you confuse us. All right, so uh, you're right, Jimbo. I should be uh, going in this direction. Let's see. How about some Jason Aldean? All right, coming up at 8.05, Jason Aldean tickets. Name that Jason. It'll be all Jasons not named Aldean. Boy, did we have fun with this yesterday. Holy moly. <laughs> and mm. this is a... You don't realize how many famous Jasons there actually are until you start playing Jason. So, you know, I had to leave for that hour because I was on FNZ. What were some of the Jasons from yesterday? Oh, yesterday we had Jason Priestley. Jason Bateman. Uh, Jason... Uh, Voorhees. Voorhees, yes, that was one. That Jason did. Robards. Mm-hmm. And you had the movie, the uh, Jason movies. That's yeah, Jason that's Voorhees. Voorhees. That's his last name? Yep. Mm-hmm. I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> really? Jason I remember that, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I was right. say stuff and Beth be like, you are so stupid. <laughs> that's right. That's that, kill- that's that killer Jason Smith. <laughs> like I was telling Beth, like, just locks eyes at me, like, going, you don't know where babies come from? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that, that's coming up at 8.05. Name that Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. And we have tickets tomorrow as well. In the 8 o'clock hour, we'll do that. In the 7 o'clock hour, we're carrying over our conversation here about uh, a lot of things. Food subscriptions. We were talking about uh, the fact that uh, Starbucks is introducing olive oil coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coca-Cola is introducing mood drinks. Mm -hmm. And it's called Coca-Cola Move. Move. That's Mm -hmm. confusing. As a mood drink. Mm Mm-hmm. And we also got on to talking about this uh, idea of of paying for other people's meals when you're in a restaurant. Well, and that literally came from a a subscription service for a restaurant in uh, San Francisco. I know I said literally. (laughs) I think that's trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. Breaking and literally are trademarked on the radio station. We literally had a moment yesterday in the show where Beth was talking to Brett Jensen. And, uh, and, and and she asks a question, and Jensen says, that's a really great question, because it was one I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he literally said that. We love Brett. We're just, we're just, this we're just pay, messing with him. This pay-it-forward idea came from this this idea of, of, of restaurant subscriptions. There's a restaurant in San Francisco that you can subscribe to, and part of the subscription service is each time you're in the restaurant— you get to give a gift to someone else at the restaurant. And I think that's fabulous. It's a subscription to Beth. It's a, <laughs> I'm the only person who subscribes to this restaurant. All right, Judith is on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, Judith. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, I was at uh, a restaurant for my 50th birthday. Uh-huh. And the food, the food was horrible. The service was worse. Oh. And while we were sitting there waiting for them to come back to our table so we could at least tip the waitress. Um, I saw a family that had been there about the whole time we had, and it was a family of five little boys and a mom and a dad and a brand-new baby girl. Oh, gracious. And I looked at my mom, and I said, you know what I used to do on my birthday when I was making a lot of money and not out of work? (laughs) And she goes, what? And I said, you know, that family over there? And she says, yeah. I, I said, I used to, like, pay for their meal and not let them know who did it. Yeah. And she goes, you want to do it? <laughs> we did. It was just really cool. Isn't it the greatest feeling to watch their faces? Well, yeah. And, and think about it. They had five little boys, and then they finally got a sixth. The sixth one was a girl. And I just... I, I couldn't have kids, so I was just, that just tickled me. Oh, see, Judith, I'm right there in that boat with you. 
Yeah, I I mean, they. I didn't need any adulation for that. That was just something I really, it was in my heart. And it's See, she perfect... did that for the right reason. Yes. You don't need a subscription is what I'm thinking, though, because you said the subscription <laughs> in the San Francisco restaurant was that was part but of it. it you could just it. do it. Yeah, you could absolutely just do it. But it's cool that they offer that as part of the subscription because that's a fun like bonus to the subscription that you're getting. Okay. Real quick, uh, Judith, thank you. Joe. I love Judith. Joe, we got about 45 seconds. What's going on, Joe? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this doesn't exactly fit the restaurant thing, but I, I think the story fits. Okay. Uh, I used to fly a lot. Uh, I'd fly out to Seattle a good bit, and I had status with U.S. Air, so I'd get bumped up to first a lot. Uh-huh. I was going out to Seattle. It was a 6 p.m. flight, and there was an old guy, probably 80, upper 80s. He was a, a Navy vet. He was in a wheelchair at the gate, and I heard him talking to people around him, and he was going out to Seattle for a reunion of his old World War II group. And I don't know, he just reminded me of my dad and my father-in-law, who are both from World War II, you know, servicemen. Anyway, I went up to the desk and I said, hey, I, I want to swap seats with this guy. Hmm. And, and at first they're like, what? Because it's like a six-hour flight. But yeah. Anyway, um, he took my seat in first. And, of course, I didn't let him know anything. And then I sat. Coincidentally, they put me in the second row back from first so i could actually see him the whole oh. flight and i don't know it, it just felt really good i mean he was having such a great time and, and, and he like, got free cocktails and so, the free snack basket <laughs> yeah. so joe you never told him but you coincidentally got seated where it. you could see what had the effect it had on him yeah they, they swapped his seat for mine which fortunately was an aisle seat i was praying it wasn't a middle seat but i was like second row behind first and i could you know, I could see him from where I was sitting, so it was. Oh, that's, a, that's cool. That's Joe, cool. that's great. so beautiful. That's a great story. Joe, we got to go. Thank you, man, for calling. I'm glad we took that call. I just had a, a note from frequent listener Scott who says, "Yeah, I like to pay for police, fire, and medic meals in a restaurant." Mm-hmm. I said, "I've tried to teach my boys this as we've grown up, and that's another great uh, notion, great idea." <laughs> This is what you'll be hearing at Spectrum Center on August 29th, 2023. The uh, Guns N' Roses latest tour, the U.S. leg of it, is going to hit the Queen City. And I know uh, Brett, Brett Winterbull, I've been texting about this. Uh, have you ever seen GNR? I can't remember. I think we've talked about this, but I can't remember the answer to this. I have not I have not had the opportunity to see GNR. It's like one of those bucket list things that hasn't been checked off yet. But I... I I am going, and I'm so happy to know that Beth is a forward payer. So I'll just take front row center, Beth. Cool. Right there. It'll be team building. We'll get you the tickets as long as we can get them at the box office because I'm not paying any Ticketmaster fees. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I should also also stipulate that as, uh, you know, all of us are, are, are – are pretty big GNR fans. Uh, it is bucket list, yes, but we don't want to see them with Buckethead. No, Buckethead was a really bad period of time. Mm-hmm. The Chinese democracy and all that. Mm-hmm. You know that, that just that's not going to work. That was the uh, the whole uh, the time they came back on MTV and, <laughs> yeah. and Axel looked like uh, well, he looked like he was about. 55 then, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. but who would have ever thought back then that they would be back out doing what they're doing now? Oh, man. I mean, uh, during – I shouldn't say this on the air, but I'll say it. Uh, during, like, uh, last summer, uh, there were a bunch of people because they were touring Europe, 
And I watched one whole show out of Hamburg, Germany for like, it was like a three hour show. It was amazing. And they are every bit as good as they were back in their prime. Uh, it's incredible. They're absolutely, they're off the charts good. And Axl Rose is in like great health and condition. He uh, is? Be <clears throat> oh, he's, he sounds fantastic. I mean, look at what he did with, is it Miranda Lambert where they did the, yeah. uh, the duet at, uh, yeah. Uh, at, at for um, for for Paradise City is unbelievable. Uh, back at Stagecoach last year, you can find it. It is an incredible duet, and uh, he's he's he is in remarkable shape. I mean, he's only sixty-one, but he's in remarkable shape. Well, I'm kind of proud of him because he kind of went downhill there for a little while. So he kind of got himself back together and got his health in check. And my question is, though, if they play currently, does does Slash still have the puffy hair and the top hat? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The whole thing. The only person that's not um, the only there's two people that are not in the mix. Uh, Steven Adler's not playing drums for them, uh, and neither is um, is uh, Matt Sorum, who was their drummer for like Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. The other person is Izzy Stradlin doesn't, isn't, isn't in the band any longer. Uh, he's the rhythm guitarist. He's really amazing. Uh, but he hasn't toured with them in a long time. They just have a guy that looks a lot like Izzy Stradlin. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, I'm a huge Guns I've been a Guns N' Roses fan since that album dropped. I, I think it's going to be a really good show. I, I agree, and uh, maybe we'll have to do uh, on-location shows all day long from there in August. Yes. I think we should get working yes. on it now. You know, Mick Mulvaney was in here about a year ago. I think this is actually what got us on the trajectory of doing Monday music trivia when we do it. But uh, he was in here one day, and he told me something that I didn't know about Axl Rose. Remember this Don Henley song here? All right, you remember that yeah. song, I Will Not Go Quietly? Listen carefully to this song here. I will not go quietly. I will not lie down. I will not go quietly. I will not lie down. That's Axel singing backup That's there. That's backup vocals, and he has the one of the most recognizable voices. And it's funny because it's so good, but it's not really a good voice. You know, like there, it's, it's like a contradiction. He's so good, but it's not what you'd think is a traditionally good singing voice, right? Yeah, I mean, th- th- look, he's he's a he's a ton. He's got a ton of talent, and he's got that thing that that every band really, needs, especially rock band, which is an amazing. You need an amazing front man. Yeah, and I, I hate with to the do it factor. But but when you compare him to Vince Neal, I mean it's like it's 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 like Patrick Mahomes and Pee Wee football. I mean it's it's a completely <laughs> different thing entirely. Uh, Pee Wee football, if the guy was like seven hundred and forty pounds and and got gassed uh, walking up the stairs, and well, I love Molly. Well, and to your point about uh, you know landmark albums, uh, I remember exactly where I was when the, when I heard this for the first time right here. And it's one of those guitar riffs that I, 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 I venture to say that a lot of people listening around here, maybe every person who's a GNR fan, knows where they were the first time they heard this because you went, what is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is. It, they're, they're unbelievably talented. I, I, you know, I told you guys, like, I love going and finding ISO tra- isolation tracks. Mm-hmm. Like, you can find isolation tracks on YouTube, things like that. You can find him... Uh, uh, doing Paradise City, just his isolation vocals for that, and it's really unbelievable. And if you listen to 
Duff McKagan's isolation base on Paradise City. It's, it's unbelievable because everything's muted but their track. So his vocals, everything else is muted. It's just down underneath it. And he's singing, and, and his vocals are awesome in that studio version. And then Duff McKagan's bass line is ridiculous. All right, well... It, it, it is incredible. So I, I'm a big fan. So I'll give you a bed to uh, let us know what's coming up on the Brett Winterbull show today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at uh, the fallout with uh, East Palestine and of course uh, the president's uh, trip over to Ukraine. Where uh, I don't know if you heard this from from uh, Vlad Putin, but he just issued a statement that said, uh, "Joe Biden, you know where you are. <laughs> you in Ukraine now." <laughs> Well played, well played. Uh, this afternoon on the Brett Witterwell Show, News Talk 1110, WBT. All right, all right, all right, here we go. Name that Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. Jason Aldean coming to PNC Music Pavilion on August 10th, along with Mitchell Tenpenny and Corey Kent. This is the Highway Desperado Tour 2023. It's amazing that we're not doing Name That Tenpenny. Well, if it gets to that point, <laughs> if we exhaust all the Jasons today, but we're going to be doing this tomorrow, too. So you have two more chances here. 704-570-1110. Very simple rules. Going to play you a Jason not named Aldine. You get that one right, you move on to the second Jason not named Aldine. You get two, you win. If you, yes. get, if you get one right and then can't name the next one, it goes on to the next we person. cycle forward. That's right. All right, Neil, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. How you doing? Neil, line one. Line hey, one. Neil. Are you there, Neil? Hey. You ready? Good morning. I heard him. Hello. Okay. Hey. No, hang on. I'm turning down the Jason Aldean. Neil, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good deal. All right, you ready for your first one? Here we go. This is Jason number one. James, you're very good in the world history class, yes? Me? Yeah, yes. No, uh, yes, I am. Perhaps you could help me with my studies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that would be, that would be uh, great sometime. How about tomorrow? Well, I have ballet practice. Perhaps, um, I could come by your house afterwards? I could change clothes at your place. Uh, yeah, if, if I suppose that would be okay. Sure. <laughs> All right, Neil, who is Shannon Elizabeth talking to in that scene? That Jason Biggs? Yay! Yes, way to go. Jason Biggs is correct. And Shannon Elizabeth with, like, the worst accent in the history of acting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one may go fast. Yeah. Right out of the gate, he got Jason Biggs. Yeah, All right, Neil. <laughs> Neil, uh, you're halfway home. John Moore, let's get number eight. This is the next Jason that you have to identify. Get this one right, and you're going to the concert. There's a funny story in my book about that, Bo and Beth, and that is that when I was using Blazing Saddles uh, as a theme song, when I was starting out in radio in the late 80s, actually, Frankie Lane, the great the great singer, Jezebel and Rawhide, and, of course, that song, Blazing Saddles, had a friend out in Denver where I was, heard it, 
sends me a lovely note. I get to know this guy over the years, becomes a good friend. Well, then Warner Brothers, somebody tipped off Warner Brothers. Hey, this conservative right-wing talk show host is using <laughs> blazing saddles. You can't. They actually issued a cease and desist, but we fought back and said, no, no, I got it from Frankie directly, and they stopped. We beat him. So that was a wow. fun little radio anecdote that we put in Party Animal as well. All right, Neil, who is that? Uh, Jason Lewis? Yes! There yes! you go. Yes. Right out of the gate. Holy moly, our first caller won. That's the first time that's ever happened, I think. I, I, it is. I mean, at least this go-round, it definitely is. Neil, you superstar, you. I appreciate it. It came to me at the last minute. <laughs> All right. Well, nice. Okay, put them on hold. Yeah. Hey. Bernie will talk to you. Jason Lewis. So uh, very two very de- different Jasons there, Jason Biggs and Jason and Lewis. Jason Lewis. You know, I missed a 7 o'clock hour yesterday. I've been on two of these now, both at the 8 o'clock hour, uh-huh. and one person each time. So oh. I've only heard two people try this game so far. Oh, well, you need to stop coming in here. <laughs> or <laughs> You don't want your listeners to win? <laughs> 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 Neil, we take it back. You good, didn't get the tickets. Good point. Good point. You're just you're the, you're actually their good luck charm. So maybe you should always be in here for contests it's, because then the first caller will always win. It's funny because you're so positive and you went negative and you didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't it's even like you realize caught yourself it. on that one. Because I wanted to hear more clips of Jason. Well, Bo heard, does we, bonus clips. We can do bonus clips. Yeah, we just bonus How clips. about number twelve there, John well, Moore? All right. This is a bonus clip. Uh, this was going to be the next one, so I don't know if Neil would have gotten this one correct, but here we go. I hear symphonies in my head. I wrote this song just looking at you. Oh, oh. Yeah, the drums, they swing low, and the trumpets, they go. <laughs> and they play for you. Hey, look, you can never say that I don't have variety. In these contests. We went from Jason Biggs to Jason Lewis. Anybody want to tell me which Jason this is? Jason Mraz. Incorrect. No! Who is it? This is Jason... Derulo. Yeah, Derulo. Sorry. Derulo. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I got my Jasons mixed up. Jason Mraz. the same person, aren't they? His little pot belly... What are they called? Pork belly hot hat? Pot pot. Pot... Pork pie. I don't know what's pork. happening over there right now. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> pork pie hat. Say pork belly. <laughs> it's like pork this, pie. this has got to be a promo clip, right? Yes. Just begin right where she be- starts chatting. Best in the water, <laughs> and she's waiting for somebody to throw her the uh, the preserver, and the, the, none of us uh, know the, what's the pork, going on. The pork pie, the pot pie, the, the no one porky will pig. Help me. No one knows what you're talking pork about. Pork pie, a pork pie hat. Have you, you ever heard that term, pork pie hat? Isn't it called a pork pie hat? I think so. The I, hat that I, Jason. That was just like a little tiny fedora. I have no idea what's happening right now. The little hat that Jason Mraz wears. Somebody oh, help me. There's something called I didn't a pork- know it was called a pot pie hat or whatever. Por- I think it's a pork pie hat. A pork rind hat? Pork pie. Pork rind. Mm. Pork rind. John yeah. Mark, can you help us there? I got one of those. I wonder how Jason Morantz would feel about being mistaken for Jason Derulo. <laughs> Probably not good. <laughs> it was the pork pie hat that threw me off. Yes. All right. Well, that was fast. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> we'll have to line up three more guests for the rest of the hour. Uh, we have another <laughs> chance tomorrow. One more chance. Quick, call Teresa Payton. We have to do something different. <laughs> Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT Bo and Beth on a Wednesday morning 
We go to the WBT hotline and welcome our longtime cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, the founder of Fortalist Solutions. You can follow her on Twitter at Tracker Payton. Good morning. Good morning, Bo and Beth. I hope you're both doing well today. We're doing great. We're so glad to talk to you. We have a lot of tech headlines to get to. Yeah, and um, this week I can really just start by reading the... uh, Reading the subject line of the latest email, actually two of them, but I'll start with the first one. When Teresa sends you an email and it says, oh my, this is bad, in all capital letters. Well, what exactly does that mean, Teresa? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is bad. Um, So we just learned that a U.S. Department of Defense server was left exposed for two weeks. They, uh, you know, obviously the investigation is ongoing. They have closed the issue. Um, so, so it's not exposed anymore. Um, their initial investigation said that they don't believe anybody took advantage of this server being exposed to the Internet. It was a misconfiguration on their cloud side. But here's what was exposed. Completed SF86 questionnaires. So just unpacking what that means um, for anybody who works in the government, myself at the White House, you have to fill out this SF86 questionnaire. It is very detailed. In the wrong hands, somebody could do a complete and total walk-in on your life. In the wrong hands, people could potentially be blackmailed. So obviously more to come here. Again, they are saying that uh, there was no classified data on the servers, and it doesn't appear that the data was accessed, but this is serious. Wow. That's terrifying. I'm uh, I'm glad that they're at least getting it uh, in order a little bit. The the big headline that I wanted to ask you about that I kind of wish you had been in on these oral arguments because it sounds like our Supreme Court justices could have used your knowledge. Um, the, the, the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments yesterday in Gonzalez versus Google. Now, this is all about Section 230 of um, basically an Internet bill that was created in 1996. And I was reading through some of these transcripts and it sounded like... The Supreme Court justices didn't even quite understand um, the technology behind the algorithms. This one specifically is about the algorithms on YouTube and the potential for things like terrorist style videos to end up in the the hands of users because the algorithm puts them there. But talk to us about the breakdown of this bill and what or the breakdown of this case and what this could mean for the future of the Internet and whether or not this opens Um, technology firms up to lawsuits if the Supreme Court votes in a certain way? Yeah, so I I think what's important is everybody has to kind of go back in time when they think about why Section 230 was created. So it's a provision of the 1996 Communications Decency Act, and it prevents Internet companies. This can be social media, can be big tech, uh, Google, Meta, Um, It it protects them from being held liable for content posted by third parties. Now, let's all just go back for a moment in time for those of us who were alive then. And for you young people, here's a little history lesson. In 1996, we didn't have Meta. We didn't have Facebook. In 1996, it was mostly website forums where people were posting commentary. Mm -hmm. And so this this provision was saying, I can't be responsible for everybody who posts on a blog uh, some commentary. 
fast forward to today, we now have algorithms that when you post something or like something, Beth and Bo, it, that algorithm says, oh, I need to serve them up more of what they just posted and what they just liked so they stay on my platform longer and I can serve up ads and I can make money off of that. So that's the part that needs to, I think, it's like a little history lesson needs to happen um, for the Supreme Court. And then every time they talk about whether or not uh, big tech needs to be held accountable for what happened, um, and again, what the arguments of the Gonzalez family is that the Internet was serving up hate speech, which led to the 2015 ISIS attack in Paris in which they lost their son. So uh, we, we need to almost have like a picture of a timeline, explain what technology was available, what wasn't, and then hold big tech accountable under that timeline. Decision will not come out until July, so we've got plenty of time uh, for that to be introduced into the oral argument. Well, I said uh, I got a couple of emails from you with very interesting subject lines. Here's the second one I got from you. In fact, it's the most recent one right before we went on the air. It says, looks like criminals are being laid off, which is talking about uh, hackers reportedly uh, being axed by organized crime groups. Yes. Yeah, so as companies do a better job protecting themselves, um, as well as in, you know, reaching out to the FBI for assistance to prevent ransomware attacks from happening or to recover from a ransomware attack, it is truly impacting cyber criminal syndicates who are doing these ransomware attacks. So reports from the Wall Street Journal say that the ransomware group Conti, C-O-N-T-I, actually laid off 45 call center operators who were part of their cyber criminal scheme. Um, so it really does make a difference. We're hitting the cyber criminals right in the pocketbook, and people are losing their jobs in the cyber criminal syndicates as a result. One more question for you. TikTok has been at the top of everyone's minds for quite some time. Josh Hawley, you know, saying that, that certain social media shouldn't be allowed for people until they're for young people until they're 16 years old. But here's some new stories. And I don't know that there's been enough discussion about this, but TikTok is a venue for child sexual exploitation. This is another just another level of why parents need to be very aware of what's going on on their kids' phones. Yes, and TikTok is one of many platforms that child um, exploitation uh, criminals are hanging out on. Again, because of the way the algorithms work, um, if somebody is a child um, sexual predator, they're getting served up more of the information that they're looking for, but they're also using it to reach out to young people pretending to be a young person, befriending them, and then sort of entrapping them into the sexual exploitation scheme. So again, parents have open conversations with your children about the dangers of the internet. Be where they are. If they're on TikTok, guess what? You need an account on TikTok. You really need to understand how this is working. You need to um, be friends with them so you can see what types of things that they are being served up and just have those open conversations. That's going to be the best prevention that's out there. Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert. Follow her on Twitter, at Tracker Payton. Always good to talk to you and uh, a lot of information there, news you can use. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Beth and Bo. Be safe out there. News Talk 1110 WBT. I don't know if that was her phone or our phone. Sounds like uh, one of us was trying to cue up a vinyl record. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. It sounded like we recorded that on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we did. <laughs> 
Wow, it has been a day in here. I love our days. And Pat McCrory's not even here yet. Oh, wow, I forgot he was coming. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Gov will be here next hour. <laughs> I remember. On Wednesday. We gave away some tickets. I never know. Yesterday it took us a whole hour. Today it took us one segment. One phone call. One contestant. And name that Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. The good news is, if you were waiting, and some of you were, you have another chance tomorrow. Uh, I believe during the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. We'll give away Jason Aldean tickets. I have... And, and, and you know what? We'll also burn off all the rest of the Jasons. Yeah. Because I've got a bunch here if we don't get to them. If we need them, we have them. One plus, more chance Plus to the stealth one that Beth recommended, which is still hanging around in here. We have to. That has to be one right out of the gate tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We'll use that one tomorrow. Okay. One way or another. Uh, are you aware? Anybody aware of all the uh, exciting new emojis coming to your iPhone and uh, iOS 16.4? Well, I just did the most recent update last night, and I've opened this article hoping that I can find and understand what some of these new emojis are. But I'm going to tell you, I'm looking through this list. There is one that is on there that I'm really excited because I actually tried to, to emoji this a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't there. And I was like, why is this not there? A flute. <laughs> <laughs> you and Ron Burgundy? <laughs> well, that, is it a jazz flute? That's what I was. I was like, it's a jazz flute. Maybe it's a soft J. <laughs> And I, I was making a joke in a, in a tweet, uh, not a tweet, in a uh, text, and I wanted the, the Yaz flute. And I was like, how is there not a flute? And now there's a flute. <laughs> and there were maracas, too, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, there's also, let's see here, there's a jellyfish. Yeah, which that one's kind of exciting because I've tried to find a jellyfish Why would we before. want a jellyfish one for Well, because, like, you know, you're going to the beach or... I don't know, jellyfish. People don't like jellyfish, though. Hey, I'm at the beach. There are jellyfish here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't... What, what, what Coke move would that be? Mood. Um, there's a shaking face, which I think that's necessary. Kind of like, mm, no, no. But I'm, I'm not instead sure Instead of SMH, that. you just have an emoji yeah, for Yeah, you just that. have an emoji for it instead of shaking my head. Or WTH. <laughs> or F. No. <laughs> Why, Why the, the head? head? Why the head? <laughs> As opposed to face. Why the face? Yes. Uh, light, light blue heart. I thought that was already there. I know there's a blue heart. I thought it was kind of light blue. And it says a pink heart, which I thought there was already a pink heart, too, because it has, like, the little diamonds. I use that daily. Gray heart? I don't understand why you'd need a gray heart. Does that mean, like, you're dead You're dead inside? A pea pod? I like that. That's fun. Um, so the moral to the story is Beth <laughs> thinks these are all fun. Uh, a folding hand fan? What is that? It's like, you know those fans you use to, to, to fan your face? Yeah, I know what it is. But why, would, why, why, do you, why do you need an emoji that says why that? Why the head? I'm hot? <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, a fan. All right, what about all these? Rightward pushing hand, leftward pushing hand. I don't understand what that means. Is it like, uh? Oh, it's like that. Kind of like, uh, stop. Is that what it is? Maybe. Or maybe it's like a... Uh, a conservative liberal thing, right? Pushing left, pushing hand. I don't oh, know. Oh, I'm sure it will It will probably become that. But I was thinking more like... Talk um, to the hand. Talk to the hand. That's what I was trying to... Because the face isn't listening. <laughs> That's what I was trying to act out. Thank you so much because our listeners couldn't see me acting out what I was doing. A uh, blackbird. A blackbird. A, a wireless symbol, uh, which that's kind of, that's kind of good. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the most dismissive thing. I just said, totally ignored your black. <laughs> I know. It's like a blackbird. Hey, look, there's wireless on here. <laughs> it's like you didn't acknowledge that he spoke. <laughs> that was like talk to the hand. 
<laughs> Talk to the hand. Your words have no value. <laughs> I'm afraid to try it again. Who gave you permission to speak out loud? Who are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about the Blackbird bow. You just, <laughs> I'm crying um, over here. How about, uh, why is there a moose on here? <laughs> why Why is there a goose on here? Why is there a Blackbird on here? But there yeah. was already a goose. Wasn't there already a goose? Did they just update the goose? Does the goose look better? It's the Henry Bogan uh, emoji. Oh, that's oh. right, the Queenie. The Queenie, Queenie the goose. emoji. And there's a hyacinth. Excuse me? A what? After the... <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to update the poo emoji? The flower. I know. It needs to not have a smiley it's face. It's had the on same it. facial expression for 10 years. They should, need a, to, there should be a frowny face. Well, yeah. I, I will tell you, there need to be different shapes and there need to be different faces yes. on it. So I, you I ignore agree. Blackbird entirely, but <laughs> yes. poop emoji, you, got, you have like a whole paragraph She's on it. stool. <laughs> pro donkey, pro, pro moose, pro goose, doesn't like the Blackbird. <laughs> This is what we've learned. Just even recognize it. I don't even see the blackbird on the list. It was baked into a pie. <laughs> oh, oh, but it's because it's buried in between the right hand push and the left hand push. Yeah, you need to talk to the rightward pushing hand because the face ain't listening. <laughs> All right, 843 on WBT. <laughs> Final stretch here on Good Morning BT for the 8 o'clock hour. Getting set for the governor, Pat McCrory, to join us as he always does in the 9 o'clock hour on Wednesdays. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman here. We were talking about the uh, the list of the extensive list of new emojis that are coming to your smartphone as part of the iOS forthcoming update. And the one that I'm most excited about is the Blackbird. <laughs> but again, there's a handful of these that they're there. Yeah. But but for what? Like, when would you ever use a jellyfish emoji? I know that I've looked for a jellyfish before. Um, so there are some that there are reasons that you should, you know, if you're thinking, if you're like, we're going to go to the aquarium jellyfish emoji. But I think I use emojis wrong. I think that I've been doing it wrong this entire time. And apparently there is an entire language of just emojis that everyone seems to know except for me. Okay, let me rephrase that. Yes, if you went to the beach and had like this one singular moment where you needed an emoji, like an aquarium. But like, aren't these lists being generated because people are demanding these? Like, why is jellyfish all of a sudden one that we, or, or blackbird or moose? I mean, how did these, how did we come up with this, this list? I guess people were trying to speak in emoji speak and needed these things and they weren't there and started complaining to the emoji makers. Is that a job? I mean, it must be, right? <laughs> Obviously. It must be a job. And then this sort of dovetails off uh, a segment we did a few months ago, but uh, the younger generation has definitions for highly used emojis that may be different than to you and me. Mm -hmm. For example, the one that was got all the attention was the fact that when you send somebody the thumbs up. Yeah. I've sent you the thumbs up. I use it all the time. I I've sent you? it to Governor McCrory, the thumbs up emoji. If, if we say, yes, we're doing. I don't even know what an emoji is. I'm going to show you an emoji. See those little symbols? Like the smiley face. Like, like that we would send you oh, on the phone. Oh, I didn't know those were called emojis. You yeah. see, I'm so out of it. I'm, I'm over 60. Well, well there's uh, an entire language of a, emojis. <clears throat> but the thing that I got, never know what smiley face to send. Well, and, and, and the kids would say that you got to be careful which one you send because they send certain messages. You see, I'm never careful. Thumbs up. You would think, <laughs> thumbs up. If I sent you a thumbs up, wouldn't you say that was like 10-4? Okay, yeah. we're, good, we're going to do that. Got mm -hmm. it, yes. I've done it to you with another finger. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but according to this, 
USA Today article says thumbs up equals rude, hostile, passive-aggressive dismissal intended to permanently end the conversation. That's me with you. I mean... Just just by being you, right? Just, you're just a constant thumbs up when you're in here. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Here's one that I thought was bizarre from this article. Apparently sending the skull and crossbones. Let's make sure that I've got this right. Apparently the crying face emoji along with the scroll, skull and crossbones emoji, is they're sent to mean something was funny. The crying emoji, along with the skull and crossbones, means that something is funny because it literally is supposed to mean, I'm dead. You and know, that's funny. You guys, we got to start writing again, learning how to write. In fact, did you read about University of uh, Michigan State? They sent out a letter because of the terrible shooting they had there. Mm-hmm. They sent out a letter on artificial intelligence. We've been talking about AI a lot this week. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, and and, whether... and now emojis instead of just saying hello or goodbye or mm-hmm. you you get the wavy hand and the 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 goodbye hand. It's a second language. It's yeah. in, it's inferred. I like... send the videos out. You know, the one thing where you can do a video and mm-hmm. put in a word. And mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I'm talking about golf, I'll send someone mm-hmm. falling off a golf cart. Mm-hmm. You mean like a gif? Mm-hmm. What is that called? A, it's a gif. GIF. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Or, or so you're, you're <laughs> See, you people from the younger generation are teaching me a lot. Well, we're learning from the generation below us. And here's another one. <laughs> Roll, rolling on the floor laughing. You know that sideways emoji? This it says here, this does not this does mean laughter, but should only be used when trying to make someone mad, specifically when you are roasting someone. Now to me, I see that and I think that's something really, really funny. Uh, we should uh, we should do a whole segment with the governor here and send him emojis. I don't know how to spell emojis. See what he thinks. That, but you can get emojis on your phone. So I could send you an emoji, and we could see what you think what, it is versus what I've it really is. I've used an emoji. I just didn't know it was called an emoji. <laughs> That's actually a fantastic segment. Coming up, we should send him different emojis and see how the governor interprets every emoji that we send. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? More trouble I'm going to get into with Radio yeah. 1. I'm about to tell you on our next segment of how I'm in trouble with Radio 1 already. Uh-oh. Yeah, before you even technically start your hour. Before I start my hour, and it's partly y'all's fault. I'm a victim. <laughs> so what you're saying is they didn't give you a Radio 1 shirt? Because we all got one yeah, today. Yeah, by the way, we all got swag yeah. today. We you all got, got a Radio oh, 1 Oh, we shirt. all got. Did you not get this? No. Nah. Oh. No. Nah. Well, I say I think you see where you fit into the thing. Because mm-hmm. right? he just said he's in <laughs> well, trouble. Well, I'm about to one. explain why at the top of the hour. <laughs> because you, I don't know what emojis are. You're going to explain why in emojis is how we're going to do this. I need artificial intelligence, apparently. <laughs> or just intelligence. <gasps> oh. <laughs> she is. <laughs> and we're <Yes>. out. <laughs> Five minutes past nine o'clock here on News Talk 1110 WBT. See? You have it now. You got, got swag. Got a shirt. Well, that's because he didn't. Program manager just came in, Mike Schaefer. Great guy. Um, he came in and gave me a, a shirt. So now WBT you're, shirt. You're official. Three shirts. Yeah. Wow. And uh, that's that was my graduation present. For yeah. um, y'all, you don't know this. Neither one of you know this. But last week, after I said some apparently inappropriate, insensitive things to you and Beth, that I was sent to sensitivity training. And uh, oh, 
there. They're going to send me Last there today. Days. Yeah, That's yeah, right. you're going to get sent. I'm going to write my memo today by AI, by artificial intelligence. Well, we'll send a memo. But good job. They did so really I went to sensitivity job. training during the past several days. Don Lemon was in my class. That was kind of fun. Oh, um, oh, kind of oh, interesting yeah. guy. Uh, I was wondering where, you know, he hadn't been you know, on we, Well, we did the sensitivity <laughs> training in Miami Beach. Um <laughs> That's where he spent the last week or two, apparently. He sent me, so Radio 1 sent me to sensitivity training. And um, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm a new person. I no longer hate Bo Thompson. You strongly, strongly dislike? I, you're, trying to, you're trying to ruin the training. I'm trying the best I can. So, um... I don't know if the sensitivity training worked, but we'll test it for the next hour. We're going to find out live. We're, we're on testing the air. your sensitivity. I today. mean, Don Lemon's now being allowed to come back on the air after saying that Nikki Haley was no longer in her prime. I never said that to you. That's good, because uh, that would not have gone over well. I've said that about <laughs> Bo, <laughs> and that's allowed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've been telling Bo for a long time he's beyond his prime. By the, the way, gray hair and everything, the haircuts. See? Did you see what uh, Nikki Haley did in response to Don Lemon? Yeah, I liked it. She has now official koozies that you can buy on her website. And one says, pass my prime. And then the other one says, hold my beer. I'm telling you, I, I feel like I need to purchase some of those. That's a great idea. Just, you know, it's it's like when you're in a snowstorm and if your car starts swerving, you steer into the skid. Just steer into the skid. Actually, Don Lemon helped Nikki Haley. Yeah. Gave it more news stories about her announcement. He looked foolish. and uh, Well, he helped women, actually, too, because it generated the conversation that needs to be had. Because throughout, you know, especially in the entertainment world, you've seen these. Oh, yeah. It, just the way that women are represented versus how, how men are Especially if they're over 40. Yeah. I mean, you look see at, that in news all the time. You've, you've felt that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, so it, it's a great conversation to have. And I love that she's steering into it and. I, I mean, it's a great conversation to have in a positive way. What he said was not the, the great part well, of the I'm, conversation. I just want to let you know, I've gone through the sensitivity training. I, I got the shirts now. Uh, Mike said, you're not going to get the shirts unless you go through sensitivity training. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you for passing. Well, the, I had AI make <laughs> <take> the test <laughs> for me. <laughs> See, you're steering into the See, skin. They say AI is kind of slanted toward the liberal Things, so well, I don't know. It's by the way, real quick. Speaking of speak of sensitivity training, I, I want to congratulate CPI Security, who's been a proud sponsor a lot on WBT. But you have the story, Bo, real quick. And yeah, um, I'll read a bit of this from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, CPI Security uh, on Friday. A federal jury, I should say, on Friday awarded CPI Security Systems almost $190 million, finding that a competitor of the Charlotte company had used a rash of deceptive and improper sales practices to steal its customers. Uh, at the end of the eight-day trial, uh, again, this is from the Charlotte Observer, the jury unanimously found that Vivint Smart Home Incorporated— Out of Utah. Out of Utah, targeted CPI customers, then used misleading statements from saying it represented CPI or was buying out the Charlotte company to poach its business. And, and, and this was at the same time. They were using—I don't know if you remember several years ago when I was on, on the show, um, CPI was being, I thought— um, attacked unfairly by the woke police for a comment, a very legitimate comment about wanting to direct money to try to decrease violence 
and Black Lives Matter attacked them for it and one of their former employees, and this company tried to take advantage of it. And a lot of people in Charlotte, the woke police, canceled CPI, including the Panthers and the Hornets and the YMCA and uh, Ken Gill and the many hundreds of employees that are headquartered right here in CPI didn't deserve it. And I'm just proud of CPI for fighting this, these very bad business practices by this Utah company that helped smear not only the company but the employees of the company. And, and God bless CPI for fighting, fighting them. And a federal jury awarded them for this. And a lot of the people in Charlotte didn't know that a lot of this was a coordinated effort against CPI and fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I knew it was wrong. Because the things that CPI does for the YMCA, how they helped the police when I was mayor and city council, bought them vest, started the police foundation, raised millions of dollars for the police foundation, and then they get smeared. And um, some people drop CPI because of that, the woke police. And, hey, they fought it. They went through three or four years of heck fighting this and won. And a jury heard all the evidence and... That company that came from outside to try to smear, not only CPI, they tried to smear a few other companies later on just to get business was uncalled for. That's not the way we do things in North and South Carolina. So kudos to CPI and Ken Gill for standing up to the woke police and and fighting an unsavory company and winning and having a jury hear it. Ken Gill released a statement, uh, quote, while we're thrilled the trial ended in our favor, I want to be clear that this case is not just about CPI's business. He says, I hope today's verdict will stop uh, the deception for good. That's the class part of Ken Gill. Started the company right here, just a couple of people. You can see their company off of 485, their headquarters, and uh, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. Regardless so, if they were sponsors here on BT or not. And we hung with them as opposed to some other people here. A lot of people owe them an apology. <laughs> and some are. Now, some are realizing they're hearing the truth and calling back CPI and going, hey, I, didn't, I had no idea that you were being smeared. Not only publicly, but some other, another company knocking on the doors and saying smearing the reputation of a, some great employees. So uh, you've got an itch, an itching to hear a little George Michael, do you? Yeah, I got to, <clears throat> I got to get some things off my uh, chest. And mm-hmm. by the way, if you can't take it, if you can't take the truth, if you can't handle the truth, you might not want to listen because I'm going to step on everyone's toes. It's a good thing I wore my comfy shoes today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, and we might even have time for a McCrory <laughs> top five. I've done so much. Wait, the guy who just graduated from sensitivity trading goes into the break saying, I'm going to step on everybody's toes. I got to get something off my, boy, it's really working there. That's what happens when you have AI take the the final test. We might have to take your shirts back. (laughs) Sensitivity. That's right. You know, that could happen. In fact, HR is still at the window, knocking on the window. Coming to get the The shirts. The governor is renting his shirt. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Good morning, BT. What is that? That's your song. Isn't that Ralph Tresvant? That's exactly right. 
I have no idea who Ralph Tresdan is. It's Tres Vant, and it's okay. about you because you are Mr. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah. See, it's already leaving me. <laughs> you already forgot. <laughs> already I'm getting insensitive. Actually, uh, I'm going to make it leave for you right here. There you go. Oh, I love George Michael, which proves I'm a sensitive kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like George Michael, you, you've got to be sensitive. Yeah. Or old. i got to get something off my chest. <laughs> This is something serious. You know, I, my heroes of my generation were two leaders, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. Mm. And one of the heroes in history of my father's generation was Winston Churchill. And why they were my heroes is they showed strength, they showed sensitivity, and they also loved freedom. And they hated communism and fascism. And they do anything to show peace through strength by standing firm against dictators like Hitler, Churchill, and the Russian leaders after following Stalin, Brezhnev, Khrushchev, and others. And one of the worst leaders around now that remind me of what my parents had to go through is Putin. And if you read Russian history, Putin is basically a Stalinist. And Stalin was about as bad as Hitler. Literally killed millions upon millions of people. Put them in concentration camps, very similar to Hitler. They were the two worst human beings of the last several hundred years, Hitler and Stalin. And Putin is a Stalinist. And I'm just wondering what If they were alive today, what Chamberlain, Reagan, and Thatcher, who I had the honor to meet and have lunch with one day right here in downtown Charlotte, would say if they heard commentators, including Tucker Carlton, basically blame the United States of America and Ukraine for the war in Ukraine instead of blaming Putin and his military establishment and his communist counterparts, because that's basically what's happening right now. We're putting the blame on us instead of Putin for this war, which could continue to escalate into a world war. But the, the blame cannot be put on the people of Ukraine or the leader of Ukraine. It has to be put squarely on the feet of Putin. And there should be no question about it. Now, I have no problem with people whether it be in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, questioning our role in the war. But if they're going to question our role in the war, shouldn't they come up with some solutions? Or is their solution is just let the Soviet troops, excuse me, the Russian troops, invade Ukraine and slaughter an independent nation that was agreed upon in the early 1990s. They even removed their nuclear weapons and returned them back to Russia as part of this agreement, agreed to by Russia, agreed to by the United States. And now their sovereign borders have been taken over by a military takeover of Putin. Margaret Thatcher wouldn't put up with it. Boy, talk about a strong woman. Mm -hmm. 
talking about a strong woman. Margaret Thatcher was the strongest of all people, regardless of gender. They called her the Iron Lady. She was. A fascinating personality, too. The hour I got to have lunch with her was just fascinating. I saw how her and Ronald Reagan could get along. But if Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher were alive today, they would not be saying this is Ukraine's fault for this, the Russia invasion. Now, a lot of you may disagree with me because I'm, I happen to disagree with Tucker. But he comes up with no solution. Now, they are fighting. This is a country of Ukraine that's willing to fight with only their troops, but they've asked for our weapons. How many times has that happened in our history? In, in Iraq, in, in Vietnam, they've all, we've always had to send troops. Here we finally have a company that's fighting a superpower and saying, we don't want your troops. We could use some weapons to fight this superpower invading our country. My gosh. That's a change. No, I don't want to send our troops over there either, and they don't want our troops, but they need our equipment. And it's time for us to stand up against Putin. Putin is a Stalinist. He wants to return us back to the USSR. Speaking of back to the USSR, those Ukraine women really knock me out. They leave the West behind. Those are lyrics of the Beatles song. Ukraine wants to defend its sovereign borders and its country, agreed to by treaties. And it's time for us to stand up and not go back to the USSR. And by the way, Biden, President Biden, your energy policy isn't helping either because your energy policy here is making Putin even more powerful. So there's a lot of blame I want to pass around. But I'm standing with the people of the Ukraine and the president of Ukraine. And just because Biden is too doesn't mean I should go against you. Foreign policy should not be a partisan fight. It should be based upon logic and history and what we want the future to hold for not only us but future generation. And I vote for freedom. on WBT. Good morning, BT. Bo and Beth and the governor, Pat McCrory, in the house as he is on Wednesday mornings. And we've been talking about uh, Putin. We've been talking about uh, Ukraine. And, and uh, I didn't have time at the end of the last break, but I, I do want to get your take and, and ask you what you thought of President Biden's decision a couple of days ago to uh, make a, a surprise trip to Kiev uh, and meet with President Zelensky. And this was not on the official itinerary. It didn't surprise me because I remember about three weeks ago, uh, the defense secretary was having a press conference and one of the reporters said, while the president's in Poland, will he go to Ukraine? And I remember the response was, that's not currently on our itinerary, which was signal to me. If he's going that close, he's got to get there now. For him to take a train, three to four hour train ride, I got to compliment him. I know some of you are going to be upset that I complimented Joe Biden. 
But I got to compliment. Trump did some great things going to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Biden, uh, Obama went to Iraq. Uh, you know, the history of LBJ going to Vietnam. I remember LBJ uh, as a young man going to Vietnam. It, it's, but to go into a specific war zone where we don't control the troops and we don't have control of the air, it was pretty risky. And to take a train for three or four hours, uh, who knows what could have happened. But I thought it showed a strong signal of strength, and uh, I'm not going to criticize Biden. I'll criticize him for his energy policy, which I think is disastrous and makes Putin and Russia even stronger. In fact, that's one of the only reasons the Russian economy is still standing is because of the Russian oil, um, because it's in demand. What did you think of Putin's speech that he moved up? Just he, He's a nationalist. He's a Stalinist. He gave a speech no different than Stalin would or Khrushchev would. He appealed to the people of Russia protect the motherland of Russia. And sadly, the people of Russia, except through maybe free of through some Internet, they block all Internet, giving the other side. So the, the majority of the people of Russia think they're under attack. Going back to World War II, you've got to remember Germany attacked Russia. And millions died. And they're now seeing Germany get involved to help Ukraine, and Stalin's taking advantage of history. And he's, he's calling us fascist. He's a propagandist, just like Lenin was, just like uh, Stalin was. And he's also a cruel man who, who will kill anyone who gets in his way. Have you noticed all these supposed suicides of all of a sudden all these Russians are being found at the bottom of their balcony? <laughs> 30 stories, they're all of a sudden being found dead. That's Putin. He's an evil person. You know, when Reagan was president, he called Russia the evil empire. Mm -hmm. And he got a lot of criticism from the liberal media. Now I'm seeing some conservative media defend Putin. Yeah, there have been. And I don't get it. There's been a lot. There are people who who defend his talking points versus. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now I understand people being hesitant to because. I lived through Vietnam, and a lot of Vietnam was a big lie. Iraq, a lot of that was a big lie. And frankly, Afghanistan, a lot of that was a big lie. But this is an obvious superpower coming across the border. We see it on the tapes. We see his attacking hospitals, and we see him attacking civilians and and breaking the rules of the Geneva Convention of War. Um. Getting these, he's hiring private troops to do the killing for him. In fact, the worry Putin might have is they might take over Putin. But this is the evil of Putin. And uh, he's given us signals of this, and we shouldn't kiss up to him. And by the way, we've made mistakes with Putin in the past. You know, Bush and Clinton, George Bush and, and Hillary Clinton. Both kind of went, oh, I see the soul of this man. Clinton said, we're going to re- reboot. Trump all but kissed his butt during a press conference. Biden, when he was vice president, allowed, allowed uh, Crimea to be taken over as vice president. We had the Georgia situation, too. Under Absolutely. So I'm going to commend the president. And criticize him at the same time. 
I, I, I'm, I don't want our foreign policy to become a partisan issue. That doesn't mean we should question the foreign policy. But just because we have one party in control of the executive branch doesn't mean we should disagree with everything they do. Because I guarantee you right now, if Trump or Bush were president and they were fighting Ukraine, we'd probably have Democrats going, oh, this is terrible, only because it's a Republican president. There's a little hypocrisy here where we, if the president's not wearing our jersey, no matter what they do, we'll be against them. That's problematic, right? Yeah. No, and, and that's back jersey. To you, it's back to where you started the segment, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, you don't uh, support a lot of what Biden says, but the fact that Biden made the decision to go into that zone, that was a, that was a strong move. I, and I'm impressed with the Ukraine president. I know people, my conservatives are saying, why not protect the border? I agree with them. Why not do both? <laughs> or why not go to Ohio because of the train accident? Fine, do both. Well, you have to do all those things as president, You have president, to do right? all those things. When we come back, I have uh, three names I want to get your thoughts on. Three names that have been in the news this week for different reasons. Graham, Broyhill, and Carter. Hold on just a second. Bo is uh, the manager is coming in and take my shirts back because they heard wow. me say during the break that I hate you I during took, the break. I didn't say it on air. It only took three segments for you to lose your clothes. Wow. WPT. I'm a candidate at the urging of the traditional Republican leaders in our state who wanted someone at the top of the ticket who will have vote-getting ability and will be able to draw votes for the Republicans on the local t uh, ticket as well. Congressman Jim Broyhill is part of what many consider the more moderate wing of the Republican Party, the same wing that supported Governor Jim Martin in 1984. Still, this is a party that isn't used to primaries in North Carolina, and many are calling this a race for the heart and soul of the Republican Party. My record is one of stability and reliability. That was 1986. Mm. The voice of Jim Broyhill, and I actually learned uh, of this next story I want to ask the governor about from the governor and his uh, Twitter feed on uh, Saturday. He says, our friend Phil Kirk just sent out an email informing us that former Senator Jim Broyhill passed away this morning. Our state has lost a genuine statesman. Many of us also lost a mentor and a friend. Prayers to his wonderful family. Yeah, he and his family, uh, I can't say enough about him and what he did in North Carolina. Both, by the way, both with Broyhill Industries up in the Hickory area and serving in the House, serving in state government, serving in the U.S. Senate. Um, he was a gentleman. And he was a conservative, by the way. I just heard the story. He was more moderate. He was moderate in the way he said things. He was conservative from a fiscal standpoint. And uh, he was a gentle soul. He was in the spirit of uh, Jim Martin. Um, I loved them both, and I thought they represented. They were statesmen. They were statesmen, and frankly, we need more of that in the Republican Party at this point in time. He uh, assumed the office when John East passed away. Right. John East uh, was, was a tragedy when he was, you know, John was an East Carolina professor and going through physical pain, and he took his own life um, while he was a U.S. senator, and, and uh, uh, Jim took his place and did an outstanding job, did an outstanding job filling in for the great John East. Yeah. And then he ran uh, officially uh, back in 1988 and mm -hmm. ended up losing to Terry Sanford. So, Yeah, that was a big race, former Governor Terry Sanford, and uh, that was a huge North Carolina race. And uh, But but Broyhill helped bring the Republican Party back in North Carolina. Uh, he was really the beginning of uh, – 
he and Jesse and John East of bringing conservatism to North Carolina at the federal level. And I just found him. I, I talked to him several times last year, um, and he was just always giving me a, a, a gentle pat on the back going, keep it going, keep it going. Someone sent me a nice picture of me and him together after he passed, and I put it on my Facebook, and, and it just brought back good memories of him. Also want to get your take uh, on what was yesterday, the five-year anniversary of the passing of the Reverend Billy Graham. Mm. And, of course, uh, I've heard some of the stories you've told about Billy Graham and your interactions over the years. Uh, we carried the, the funeral. Uh, you were, were joined me for that uh, mm-hmm. the day from the Billy Graham Library. Uh, five years. I can't believe it's been five years since yeah, that happened. I, I just love the whole Graham family and Franklin. and Just all of the, the Graham family is just great people. To, um, you know, I was with uh, Franklin, took me up to see Billy when I was governor uh, several months before he passed away up to a Montreat oh. area. And Billy Graham, he was, had oxygen tank. Mm-hmm. But the greatest thing at the end of our hour meeting, a, a fireplace, is nice little log cabin, very homely. It, mm-hmm. it, he was one of the people you get to know, and he, he meets your expectations and exceeds it. You know, sometimes you don't want to meet people that you're you impressed with. You don't want to meet with. your heroes. Right. right. And he met all expectations. And I commend Tillis and Bud for trying to move, get that statue built before the woke police try to stop it in the uh, Capitol Rotunda representing the state of North Carolina. And, and my best to Franklin and, and the rest of the family and thinking about their, their dad. I said we had who, three people. By the way, grew up on Park Road. Yeah. The farm, the Graham Right near where Park Road Shopping Center is mm-hmm. was the Billy Graham farm. Oh, yeah. Also want to mention, uh, this is obviously a big story, and, and um, I, I, we know what it's ultimately going to lead to, unfortunately, but uh, former President Jimmy Carter is now in hospice care in, uh, in Plains, Georgia. I had a great deal of respect for Jimmy Carter. You know, he was an engineer. He was a Navy, Navy military veteran, served on a nuclear submarine. He was a farmer. He was, he was probably one of the smartest presidents we ever had. I think, I think he got a bum rap, and I think part of the bum rap was his own Democrats never accepted a Southern governor from Georgia. They mocked him for his accent, and I think that's the reason he wasn't a successful de- uh, uh, president was because Teddy Kennedy made his life hell. Teddy Kennedy could never accept that Jimmy Carter was president. And then Teddy Kennedy challenged him in his reelection campaign. And when Jimmy Carter beat him in the Democratic primary at the Democratic convention, Ted Kennedy refused to raise the president's hand of a united ticket because Ted Kennedy's ego was too great to do that. You know, a Kennedy versus a Carter. But and, and many people say he was the greatest ex-president and i met him several times here in charlotte he'd come and work on habitat of humanity homes right here in charlotte now build them he He was a heck of a carpenter and builder and he and his wife are you know they're they're people of faith and they were true to their faith whether you agreed with them politically or not you couldn't challenge jimmy carter's character yeah i mean a sunday school teacher up until you know just a few weeks ago and I, he also went to the Billy Graham when I was governor, or was I mayor? I can't remember now. I think I was mayor when the Billy Graham Library was opened. And he, Jimmy Carter did not have a good um, 
That was Mayor, yeah. That was, that was Mayor. I'm sorry. But we were backstage. I was with Bush and Clinton. I can't remember now. And Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Carter did not have a good relationship with Clinton, I don't think. I can't remember now. But there was some tension there. Because Jimmy Carter would often give his opinion on foreign policy. By the way, Jimmy Carter was for voter IDs, by the way, because he pushed voter ID in other countries where they had other elections. He was a man of God. I'll tell you that right now. And um, my prayers are with the whole, whole Carter family. Yeah, unfortunately, I think in the coming days we're going to be talking more about him and his legacy because of obviously what will likely happen soon because he's in hospice care. But you're going to hear these discussions about what he did when he was in the White House. But well, he got he got killed by the Iranian. Yeah, but what I was going to say is there'll be debate about what happened while he was in the White House. But yeah. I think the thing that people come together on most is what he did post-presidency. And he really sort of set the standard for what an ex-president you know all the all the things he's yeah, done. Yeah, he didn't he didn't cash in right. <laughs> at all. He didn't cash in. In fact, when he left the presidency, he put all his money in a blind trust, and he found out when he came back home to Plains, he was broke. The blind trust badly invested his money, and he didn't complain. He was a man of God. Mm -hmm. he, Just, his priorities were right, and uh, he and right. Jocelyn were great people. I think we'll let you keep the clothes. Yeah. But you better hurry and get out the door fast.